Welcome to the broadcast of Riverside Church in Princeton, North Carolina. Riverside Church preaching Christ and Him crucified. For more information, check out our website at www.riversidefwb.com. If you would, grab your Bible, turn to Luke chapter number 1. As you remember, for the last six months, maybe seven, we've been in the book of Luke. And we'll continue, certainly, for the next year or two in the book of Luke. If you want to know where I'll be next week, well, just pick up where I'll leave off tonight or this morning, and then we'll pick up again. But we're looking at Luke chapter number 7. We're going to be picking up in verse number 11. As you reach for your Bible, I want to remind you, we choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. It reports supernatural events that took place and fulfilled a prophecy. It's divine, not human in origin. We here at the river believe in the five solas, the first being sola scriptura. You got to roll the R a little bit because it's Latin and it sounds fancy, but all it means is the Bible and the Bible alone. We believe the Bible and nothing else but the Bible is the five Final say so of what saith the Lord. The Bible and the Bible alone. You might say, well, I'm a Christian, so I need to read my Bible. No, reading the Bible is what makes you a Christian. Amen. When you read the Bible, it transforms you. It makes you into the image of Christ. We also believe in sola fide, a Latin phrase that means faith and faith alone. Faith is confidence and trust in something, or really it's a someone. And that someone is sola Christas. And that is Latin once again for Jesus. Jesus alone. Just give me Jesus, preacher. Don't tell me Jesus plus tithing will get me to heaven. No. If you add Jesus to anything else, it ruins everything. Just Jesus. You're only saved today by the performance and what Jesus has done. Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. We also believe in sola gracia, a Latin phrase. Again, that means grace and grace alone. We are saved simply by grace here today at the river. We are saved simply by the work of Christ and grace alone. When you go to work on Monday and you work till Friday, you work, you earn a wage. You earn what you do. And the Bible tells us that for the wages of sin is death. That means that we've earned death, hell in the grave. But grace is not like that. Grace is bestowed upon us by the kindness of God. He has lavished it upon us new every morning like it says in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 through 23. New every morning. Hello new morning. Hello new graces. Hello new mercies. Amen. Amen. The last one being the shining jewel of it all. The last one being the, the greatest crown in all of all the ologies. Uh, it's theology, which is sole deo gloria, which means God alone receives the glory. That God receives the glory of your coming to church this morning. God receives the glory of our choir standing over here singing. That God receives the glory from Miss Becky playing the piano and Brother Danny leading us. God receives the glory with the ushers taking up the offering this morning. God receives the glory over us praying over those who are afflicted and sick this morning. God receives the glory from the teaching and preaching of God's holy word this morning. God receives the glory of you paying attention and participating in the glory of God as it falls on the church here at the river. God alone receives the glory. But it don't stop here. 
As we walk outside what we call the, the sacred into the secular, as we leave this place of worship and come back tonight, we also bring Him glory on our jobs tomorrow. We bring Him glory uh, when we eat lunch. We bring Him glory when we rest. We bring Him glory when we work. God alone receives the glory. As you open your Bible, turn to Luke chapter number 7. He receives glory here today. In verse number 11, you got to remember in chapter number 7 that Jesus just healed the centurion servants. Remember the centurion said, I'm not worthy, Jesus, that you come into my house. I'm not worthy that you're even allowed to come into the, the threshold of my home. But the, the story goes that the Jews said, this man is worthy. That's the heart of a true repentant person. When they sit here today and they say, well, I'm not even worthy to be in the church. You've ever heard and invited somebody to church? I can't go to church because if I go into church, I fall down. You ain't that bad. You ain't bad enough where God just crushes the church and says, oh, I'm giving up as he crumples a piece of paper. No. Uh, the bigger sinner you are, the bigger Savior Jesus is. Amen, somebody. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, uh, what you did it with or how you did it. Jesus died for sinners because that's all they is. So that's what we learned from the centurion. Jesus, he was marveling there. He's God and he marveled at the moment in his humanity because God in his, in his God state does not marvel at anything. But here he saw that this Gentile had great faith in Christ. And no matter how unworthy you are today, whether you're dealing with doubt, whether you're struggling, I want you to put your faith in Jesus. Even today if you have doubts and struggles like Thomas, I want to let you know that Thomas doubted Christ. He doubted that God would die for his sins. But he didn't cast them out when he showed up. He didn't say, oh Thomas, you doubted me? You're out of the club. You can't go any longer with me. No, he showed grace and mercy towards him. So there's grace and mercy for you today. Those who are struggling with doubt, come to Jesus. Amen. Hey, that's good to me. Maybe not for you. Maybe let me, let me, let me uh, marinate on that just for a minute. That's good for me when my doubts come along. But let's continue in verse number 11. In verse 11 through verse number 17, we get to see the compassion of Jesus. Oh, I tell you, a plastic baby Jesus, six pounds, five ounces baby Jesus. You know the little plastic Jesuses that go out in the manger scenes every, every Christmas? That Jesus don't cry. You would think it would have looked like an infant, but he don't cry. He don't have any tears in his eyes. He cannot relate to you. He's made of plastic. But this is not the Jesus we find in Scripture. Jesus understands your wounds. Jesus understands your betrayal. Jesus understands your faltering and your hurting. Jesus understands. Whatever it is this morning, I want to let you know, Jesus understands. Amen. You ever try to tell somebody, well, what happened was, and you rub your hands like you're putting on lotion. Oh, let me explain. Well, what happened was, let me tell you, you ain't got to explain nothing to Jesus. Amen. Psalms 139 says, He knows my thoughts before I even think them. Before a word rolls off my tongue, my God already knows it. So why, why would I pray to a God like that? He knows everything. Why wouldn't you pray to a God like that? He knows you. It's easy to communicate with a God like that. Let me look at verse number 11. Follow along with me in Luke chapter 7 verse 11. Soon afterwards, he went up to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. And as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. In biblical times, I want to let you know there was no such thing as Social Security. 
There was no such thing as 401k. There was no retirement pensions. There was no backup plans for the elderly. This woman was in considerable danger as she was grown elderly, but her only son had now passed away. It, it happens even in our society today that when mama lays her child down in the dust, she's by herself. Or she lays her husband away and she's by herself. Still, it's the job of the church as we read in the epistles that the church is to take care of the widows. Amen. That we're not supposed to outsource what we're supposed to do to the government. That we're not supposed to call CPS or Child Protective Services to do what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to help those in the community. But thanks be to God here at the river that we do that. And if you're here today and you're struggling, you better tell somebody. Don't let pride override you. Don't let pride shake you down and say, them people don't care about you. We're called to take care of the body. Yes. Tell your deacon, I need somebody to cut my grass. I can't. Tell somebody, you, you ain't got nothing in the covers. Because pride will kill you. Amen. Amen, somebody. Amen. That you're called to the body of believers. You might say, well, I don't contribute nothing to this church. You lie, lie, lie. You lie. Don't let the devil lie to you. Part of my body is made up of all different kinds of joints. And the least joints are the ones that are most important because they bear the most weight. This morning my, my ankle is a little stiff. But you know what? When it ain't hurting, I don't even notice it. I want to let you know that those in the congregation, you feel like you're the least of these. You're the joints that hold the church together. You're the ones who's been praying for the preacher that he don't lose his mind. You're the ones who's been sending cards to people when they're down and out. You're the ones. And thank you. But when you're hurting, you better tell somebody. Amen. Don't let me hear about it third hand that you, you struggled and you ain't got nothing to eat. Don't let me hear about your car won't crank. You better let somebody know because that's why we're here. Amen. Okay, got some amens over here and there was a mouse moving over here and some, uh, I heard something over here like a bird's nest. Don't let it be that quiet. Amen, preacher. You telling the truth. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. Family takes care of God's family. Amen. We see here that Jesus walks up and he sees that the widow and the considerable crowd. I want, you, I want you to see in verse number 12, there was a crowd around the woman, but nobody could help her in this situation. I'm sure there were some rich people there, some people not so rich, middle class, some people with no class, some busted people, all gathered around the woman who had lost her son. And nobody could help her until Jesus walks on the scene. I, I know I just told you that you're supposed to let the church know so we can help you. But there's some of you that only Jesus can help. But I'm doing my job and standing here flat-footed behind this podium, behind this pulpit, telling you about hope, grace, and mercy. And Jesus can help you wherever and however you are. Amen. And we see in verse 13, And when the Lord saw her, He had compassion on her. Can we just slow down? I know I talk fast. I walk slow but talk fast. I know. But it says here that Jesus had compassion on her. Maybe that don't mean nothing to you. Has somebody ever done something for you out of obligation? I guess I got to do it. You blood. You family. But has somebody ever had compassion on you? I'm not talking about just, oh, woe is me. Oh, it's okay and pat you on the head. I'm talking about real compassion out of love. And they were motivated out of love. That's what Jesus does here in this moment. Amen. I, I don't think you get me. Uh, let's remember who Jesus is. 
In the Old Testament, it tells in, it tells in Proverbs chapter number 8 that he clapped and danced as God created the heavens and the earth. That he was there. That he created the cosmos and holds it together by the power of his word. That he's seated in glory. That he has power, infinite power, unchallenged. And it's not even a near quarter of a tank empty. He's infinite, all-powerful. We can read in the book of Job where God stoops to answer Job his questions. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you? Tell me. Were you there when I scooped the oceans in the palm of my hand or used my finger to create the clefts and the canyons? Were you there? Do you control the, the silos for the day of trouble that's filled with hail, thunder, and lightning? Can you tell the lightning to go from the east to the west and it jumps at your command? Can you walk in the depths of the ocean that have not even been mapped out by humanity and know where it begins and where it ends? This is the same Jesus Amen. who's seated at the right hand of the Father, all-powerful, all-knowing. And yet, He had compassion on her. Could you say that again? I sure will. He had compassion on her. Why? Isn't He God? Doesn't He cause Saturn to rotate with His rings over here? Doesn't he cause Neptune to do this and that? Doesn't he cause Jupiter with all his storms that go on constantly? Isn't he handling all that? Doesn't he handle the stock market? Doesn't he handle the economic trials that are coming across our lives now? Doesn't he handle the storm patterns all here on earth? Doesn't he handle if it's sunny today over here or it's raining over there? Yeah, he had time to have compassion on her. The same is true for you today. That He has compassion on you. A God who's seated in the heavens and an ivory tower who's separated from me and humanity, I can't relate to. The Bible is, is light years ahead of anything that's written or made up by men. Greek mythology tells us of Zeus and Jupiter. And their mighty power, their thunderbolts, and they're so far removed from humanity. They use humanity as chess pieces and play game, play things for them, and do things just for the kicks and giggles. But here we see the God of all creation walking among men, and he stops at a funeral at a woman who's weeping. And he has compassion on her. <laughs> that's good to me. I, I'm just going to have a moment here. Y'all just talk among yourself. Because that's good to me. That God of all creation had compassion on somebody who's suffering. Amen. Maybe you ain't suffered enough. Maybe you don't realize it. Maybe you ain't going through nothing. But Jesus has compassion on those who suffer. Amen. I like that. I like that he understands. When you don't understand, when you don't even know, he knows. And he understands. A compassionate God. Church, that's who we serve. A compassionate God. A God who sees. A God who can reach. A God who redeems. A God who saves. A God who preserves. A God who protects. A God who defends. A God who sticks closer than a brother. A God that'll leave the 99. You know the 99. The ones with all the good credit. Drive nice cars. 
They don't have issues. He'll leave the 99 to find the one. Oh, you know the one. I'm the one. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. He leaves them and finds you. He seeks you out. Notice the dead man and the widow didn't go looking for Jesus. Jesus comes upon them. You got to remember Jesus orchestrates everything. He didn't just stumble upon this ceremony of weeping. He knew he had an appointment to, to keep. He came across this somber, weeping widow right on time. Like the song says, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him. But he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Maybe you're in the middle of your somber funeral. Maybe you're weeping over some loss. But I want to let you know, he's on time. Yes, he's on time. He's on time. He's right on time. Jesus shows up. And he has compassion on her. And then he says in verse number 13, Do not weep. Oh, that's easy for you to say, Jesus. You're not hurting. It's almost you would take this out of context. You say, well, Jesus don't want us to have any emotion. Well, he's probably mad at me because I'm up here with tears in my eyes already and I'm preaching. Don't weep. What he's really saying to her, don't weep because he's dead. Because in a minute, she's going to be weeping again. You know that, right? I want you to imagine yourself there. You're the one who's mourning. Your loved one is dead. But in a moment, they'll be alive. You're going to cry. You're going to weep. But it'll be a different kind of weeping. So Jesus is saying, don't, don't weep in mourning. In a moment, all that's going to change. If you're here today and you're weeping because of loss or what should have been, you could have done this or you could have done that, don't weep much longer. Maybe he'll tarry. Maybe you'll be restored. And if he don't, you can change while you weep because He's still God. He still shows compassion on you. He's still merciful to you. That's a real good reason to weep. In the mingling of your tears, some with joy and some with sorrow, know that God is still on the throne and He has compassion on you and I. Amen. I'm preaching better than you acting this morning. For our God is sovereign and He reigns over all of creation. Do not weep, he says in verse 13. Then he came up and touched the bear. And the bear stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. I, I want to let you know in verse 14. If anybody else spoke to the young man, he would not rise. He, anybody could have said, live. And he won't live. He couldn't live. The power wasn't in the young man. The power was found in Christ. Christ Jesus. The one with the power spoke to the dead and the dead lived. Now today, do we raise the dead now? No, no, we, we can't. I mean, let's be honest. Miss, Miss Patsy works at Howell Funeral Home and she had told me a single time some prophet or preacher walked in and said, dead live. Buddha and Muhammad never raised the dead. They killed a lot of people. But Jesus is the only one who raises the dead. Oh yes, we read of apostles and we read, read of the apostles rising up and teaching and raising the dead later. But since then, there are signposts that point that what they're saying is true. And since then, we looked at those signposts and said, well, they raised the dead. They must be saying something right. They must be serious about what they're doing. And we believe what they say and what they say it about. And they say it about Jesus, that He is the Messiah. He is our hope. He is our strength. Jesus spoke to the dead and they lived. 
Never in all of society and history has there ever been one like him. Amen. He's not in a category by himself. He's, he's all by himself. There ain't no close second. Amen. Do not weep. And he touched the brayer and the bear stood still. And he said, young man, I say arise. And the dead man sat up again to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. It's just like Jesus to reconcile. Ain't it just like Jesus Amen. to heal? Ain't it just like Jesus to help? That's our Jesus. That's who we serve. The one with compassion. If your Jesus is stoic, like a statue, He's not moved with the emotion, you're serving the wrong Jesus. If your Jesus is one who doesn't want to, He don't want to ruffle any feathers. He's politically correct. He's woke. Whatever. If he's, if he's weak and feeble, you're not serving the right Jesus. Amen. Show me anybody who can speak to the dead and they live. Show me anybody who can speak into nothing and form everything. If you can find them, I'll serve them. But in the meantime, the Scriptures give testimony and bear witness to the one who raises the dead. So let's serve that one. If he can raise the dead, other people who are dead, and then raise himself from the dead, that Jesus can handle whatever's ailing you. Amen. He can handle your mortgage payment. He can, he can handle that rattle in the car. He can handle your mental illness. He can handle your heartbreak and depression. He can handle the rockiness that you're on. He can handle the unsteady ground. He can handle the valley you're walking through. Our God is big enough. That even the dead come back to life when He speaks. Yes. Notice Jesus gave Him back to His mother. He restored her hope. He restored everything that she needed. She, she received her son. In verse 16, fear seized them all. And they glorified God saying, A great prophet has risen among us. God has visited His people. In verse 16, they were a little far off, but not too far off. For a prophet, I want to let you know, not a prophet, the prophet had visited the people. For in the Quran, they teach that Muhammad was a prophet, but so was Christ, Jesus. They say that Jesus was a prophet, a prophet of God. But we as Christians believe that Jesus is not a prophet of God. He is God who's prophesying to His people. When I say prophesy, He speaks life over them. It's what I'm doing now. I'm prophesying over you. Telling you that there is one mediator between man and God. That means there's one who makes everything alright between two warring factions. That there is one who settles the, the situation and causes the blood covenant to be settled. And his name is not Buddha. His name is not Donald Trump. It's not Muhammad, Krishna, Karl Marx, or one of the 550 million Hindu gods. It's not even your boss on the job. It's not your foreman. It's not the one who signs your paychecks. It's not the denomination. It's not your deacon, and it's not your pastor. It's not Mother Teresa or Dr. Phil or even Oprah. It is Christ and Christ alone. Jesus alone, the mediator, the one who settled it all. Amen. And now we're in right standing with God. We are forgiven. Fear seized them. They had right to fear for the dead come back to life. They glorified God. 
Church, we don't even glorify God when He heals us and wakes us up in the morning. Why does it have to be something big where the dead come back to life? Why can't we glorify that you're able to be sitting here in your semi or right mind and receiving the Word of God? Glorify Him. You only give credit what credit is due. Let's be honest. I hope, I hope, and I pray that when I'm standing at the back door, you don't walk by and say, man, you preached a good sermon. I hope you say, we serve a mighty big God. Amen. I was at a church a couple weeks ago and I preached there. And I tell you, I swear like a, a sow. Well, I guess they don't sweat. But I was working it. And the preacher got up after me and he said, this is the most powerful word this church has ever had. And I was thinking, man, y'all need to know more preachers. That's sad. Amen. We serve an infinite, powerful, almighty God and we give Him glory. Amen. We give Him glory today for the revelation that He shows compassion on people. We give Him glory today that He's above it all. He's stronger than it all. Even though He's above everything, He ain't removed from everything. He walks with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Otherwise, why would Psalms 23 be written? As I walk with the shadow of death, I will not fear because you are with me. If He's with you, what are you worried about? There have been times when my children say, Daddy, you want me to go out to the car to get whatever this object is? Yeah, I want you to go do that. Will you go with me? They were once were trembling. They didn't want to go outside in the dark. But if Daddy walks with them, they walk with a little bit of confidence. They walk a little more bolder. Oh, that noise, I ain't worried about it. My Daddy's with me. The same is true with you, Christian. The shepherd is walking with you. He defends you. He has compassion on you. He's mighty and He's in control. So why do you fret? Why do you, why do you, why do you freak out? To use a theological word. Freak out. Why are you freaking out? He's God and He reigns over everything. Amen. And when we understand that, when we understand He has compassion on us and He's patient with us, I tell you what, that nap in between lunch and church tonight is going to be a lot sweeter. You're going to put that pillow under your head and know that God is on the throne. That everything's going to be alright. He has compassion on you. He has steadied you. He has sure-footed you and established you. No matter what storm comes your way, no matter what, if you're going under or what, what you're, you're free-falling or you're confused and you're hurt, don't worry, He has compassion on His. God has visited His people. Absolutely. That's where we get Isaiah chapter number 9. It talks about Emmanuel. God in the flesh. God in the flesh. You understand that He's a down-to-earth deity. That means He's God in flesh and bone. Fully God and fully man is what we teach. That's good, rich theology. Not that he's half God and half man, but he's fully man. If he's fully man, he understands me and my struggles and my weakness. And if he's fully God, he's worthy of all worship and accolades and trophies that we throw at his feet. Fully God and fully man. You might say, that's narrow-minded. That's small thinking. If that's what the world has to call it, fine. But I owe all that I am, all that I is to Him. And I want to let you know today, you either were or you are. You were a sinner. You were an addict. You were angry. You were wicked. You were. Or you are. You hear me? You are angry. 
You are bitter. You are miserable. You are a child of wrath. Oh, you were. There ain't no gray area here. I know I'm splitting the church in two today. So where are you? No matter where you are, I'm going to let you know He has compassion on you. In your deadness, in your brokenness, you're not interested in the things of God. You're not interested in reading the Bible. You're not interested in attending church. You're not interested in those things. Well, you're dead in your sins. Or you were dead in your sins. I'm now walking in forgiveness. I am merciful and gracious and kind because of the work of Jesus. Either your past will haunt you or to humble you. When I think about where I've been and what I've done, it might creep up on me. It might haunt me a little bit, but then it humbles me because I, as every time the devil comes and accuses me of being a sinner, oh, you're the dirtiest sinner. You're wicked. You deserve nothing more than the deepest parts of hell. And I will look at him and say, you're right. Because I remember Jesus died for sinners. So that makes it all the more sweeter. And you know why? Because He had compassion on me. And that's the only reason why. This morning as you'll bow your heads and ask Brother Danny and Miss Becky come and we'll play a closing song. And I want you to remember that He has compassion on you. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, whatever you said, He has compassion on you.